Sten Morgan here. I hope you're doing well. I want to announce that we are launching the How to Be an Elite Advisor course. We are combining all of our best teachings and ideas into a course that you can complete in less than a week. I want to share with you the best ideas that I implement within my practice that have helped me achieve more than I ever thought possible. I want to share how I have unique meetings with clients. What's the mindset of an elite advisor? How do you prospect in a way that'll separate you from other advisors? At the Elite Advisor Network, we reject average. I want to help you see what your full potential is and reach it faster. Set time aside this week to take the course. Click on the link or go visit gobeelite.com. I'll talk to you soon. Welcome to the podcast, Becoming an Elite Financial Advisor. Sten Morgan here with my close friend, Andy Traub. Hello, Sten. Good to be here, buddy. Good to be here. Uh, this is this is a, one of those things that is so foundational that people just don't talk about it. Yeah, it's we've realized now from doing many live events with different offices or conferences or even our live event we just came off of a couple weeks ago, is that there's a clear difference between a concept and a strategy. And in the context of when you're meeting with somebody and you're trying to portray more of a coaching posture than a sales posture, yeah. you need to have at least two to three concepts plugged into your fact finder, into your flow that you were going to pause, get up on the whiteboard and teach to, to give this impression, this different experience of like, wow, you're coaching me on the fly. I haven't even paid you yet. I don't even know how we might work together, but you were giving me value. Those are different than strategies, which are more specific, which you can quantify and you need to use those as well. But right. The feedback we're getting from advisors that we're coaching is, oh, I didn't understand the difference between those two things. So the subtlety of this, uh, I, I, I sort of equate it to almost like the subtlety of body language. Like, you know, do you know if you face someone and you open and you kind of keep your hands open or, you know, you'll see when people are closed off, they'll cross their arms. If you're watching mm-hmm. this on YouTube, you can kind of see this or you can see People cross their legs and they kind of turn their body. Like there's like, oh, I, when I when I see that, now I know what a difference it is mm. versus sitting across from someone. It's a it's a very subtle thing, but yep. once you are aware of it, you're oh, like, yeah. this is a game changer. Okay. Oh, yeah. This yeah. idea of concepts and strategies is very subtle, but once you understand it, you're like, whoa, this is gonna really mm. fundamentally change my meetings with my prospects. Yeah. And I would say very quickly. I don't know if there's a better way to build trust with a prospect than to use concepts. So we'll get into that specifically. Right. Yep. I just had a thought. We yeah. might try to do this. Having like a behavioral specialist watch yeah. an interaction between an advisor and a client. Yeah. And and that was just probably rampant across for all of us. They would be like, that person's worried, not trusting. And how long do they stay in that posture? And what are we doing to break them out of that posture? Right. I would argue the industry, what I was taught for years, was not much. It's, I'm here, hopefully oh, this yeah. works out. About I'm going to show stuff? you, yeah, just yeah. a body language of like, I don't know you. Like, I don't understand anything you're saying. Well, let me ask you this then. We'll, we'll go this, this route for just a few minutes here. When you, when you know and you're aware that I don't trust this person, I don't like being here, I don't like mm-hmm. what's being said, uh, <laughs> uh, quick sidebar, Sometimes this will happen when I'm at church and I'm hearing a sermon and I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> All right. I know I realize my body language will change. Oh yeah. So what are some things about your body language you change when you're like, I don't like this, I feel defensive, I feel closed off. What 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 will happen? I'm probably less engaged. Yeah. Um, maybe kind of looking at the person, you know, my my mind is starting to wander. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think about something different, which means my Eyes probably wander as well. Yeah. Um I'm probably leaning more back than yeah. forward. Absolutely. Less Arms engaged. Crossed. 
happens. Uh, you know, it, yep. there's actually a physical distance that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, you're not leaned in, you're leaned back. Yep. And again, this teaching of concepts and strategies, when you do this, what happens is people are engaged. Yeah. I mean, I would encourage you who are listening or watching, you know, pay attention to what happens to a client when you go to the whiteboard. Mm-hmm. And if you're not on the whiteboard, then here's the reason to go to the whiteboard. Yep. It changes. People will lean in mm-hmm. and they'll be engaged because you just involve them versus you're talking at them. And it's also something they didn't expect because that yeah. is not the, the baseline for normal when it comes to a, a, a financial planning meeting or an yeah. estate planning meeting or a meeting with my CPA. You know what I've seen people do, though, in your office because we've got, you know, we've got this frosted glass here at uh, Legacy Headquarters. And so I can kind of see a lot of times people will be leaning back, but they're open. Mm-hmm. Their bodies are, I mean, literally their, their arms are open and they're yeah. kind of like, oh, interesting. Yeah. And their, their head's nodding. That's an engagement. Can we call that like maybe the mind blown posture? Yes, the like mind a, blown. Yeah. See, what you're experiencing right there, Mr. <laughs> Prospect, is your mind is currently blown. Um, so the, the idea of a concept, let's define this real quick. A strategy is a plan of action that creates a specific outcome, mm-hmm. right? Measurable outcome. It's probably, a measurable yeah. outcome, right? So sort of the definition of a strategy is like we're going to run a play and we're going to get this outcome if it's run correctly. Mm-hmm. That's a strategy. Yep. So strategies are uh, abundant, Yep. but we're not just talking about those. Those are helpful. Right. Hey, yep. have you ever heard about this? Oh, I didn't know about what's a SEP IRA. I don't, I don't know what that is. Okay, well, this is a specific strategy you can use if you're self-employed to blah, 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 blah. Yep. People go, okay, cool. But there's a level deeper than that, mm-hmm. and I think that it's – it's deeper, but it's also wider. So mm-hmm. a strategy is something you can implement. It's measurable. Yep. Then there's concepts. Yep. Concepts are like universal truths, like, right. and they can be applied to a lot of different things. Yep. So Some of these will actually, and, and we'll, I'll explain one in a few minutes, they may carry for the rest of their life. Like oh, you, you may have just put a stake in the ground for them that they're like, I will forever remember that as I make future decisions. And that, and that is the concepts. And even if they don't remember it specifically or they can't even reteach it tomorrow – the whole goal of these coaching moments is to open them up yeah, for, for them to better receive something later that's more specific to them. Yeah, and they, they're more open to things later because you just empowered them and equipped them and said, okay, you just gave me a filter to see my money differently, yeah. to see my financial decisions differently. That's right. So I don't want to spoil that. I'll let you talk about it. Yep. So why do elite advisors teach concepts? Why do they take the time to, to get outside of Here's an illustration. Mm-hmm. Put your money here. Here's the fund performance. You know, uh, here, here's a, here's this level of, you know, your income. So we've got this insurance gap if you pass away. Mm-hmm. So we've got to get this. This is the, how do they? Why do elite advisors stray from strategy and actually mm-hmm. take the time to talk about concepts mm-hmm. with prospects and clients? I would say a majority of the time potential clients have had some type of experience with some other financial professional before yeah. and they've bought something. Yeah. And so you have to recognize the, the, an obstacle I'm facing is they're coming in with some kind of preconceived notion. Even if they've had good experiences in the past, it's they, they, whether they can put words to it or not, I'm about to buy something. The solution to my problem is to buy a product. We have to overcome that. Or somebody's never had an experience before and they're just guarded. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't want to come across very ignorant. It's, it's, yeah, they don't want to come across stupid, but I would say this. They generally don't like to talk about – people generally don't talk, like to talk about money, even if they have a lot of money. Yeah. It's just a very private thing, Yeah. right? So how do you overcome that? How do you – I like to use the word empower mm-hmm. your prospect, your client, to feel like they're really on a level playing field. I mean, yeah. that's the other part. It's like you ever go to a car dealership and they're like, oh, let me go talk to the manager. And you're like, I feel like I have no power right now. Yeah. 
because I'm just sitting in a chair like a third grader <laughs> waiting for the teacher to come back, you know right. what I mean, or the principal to come back, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, so so we want to empower clients, yep. and the way you do that is you create an equal playing field by saying, hey, here's a decision filter, or here's mm-hmm. a way you can look at this, here's a way you can understand it, and suddenly they go, oh, yep. you've empowered me to make better decisions about my finances, mm-hmm. and again, how does that benefit you as an advisor? Well, it changes the energy as well. So if, if your meetings are, hi, I'm Sten, here's my firm, here's what I do, I'm going to ask you these generic questions, and then I'm probably going to already know what the problem is I need to solve, and here are the products I can help to solve it. Right. That meeting's not very exciting, probably not very memorable, maybe they're in a place where they have to do something, so you're yeah. going to get the client. It's a pretty predictable, mm-hmm. like I kind of know Predictably not good. Yeah, it's like this yeah, is not going to end dynamic. in a way where they are talking about it or remembering everything I said. So what's great about concepts is you need to probably plug two or three of these into your meeting, and they're great segues into the meeting, get a little more sophisticated as it goes on because you've set the stage of like, oh, I'm coaching. I can trust this person. So when you have a concept early on, and one I use a lot in the first meeting is essentially what I call an investment filter. And I say, whether you work with me or anybody else, don't forget this. This will help you make a better decision in every financial decision or investment for the rest of your life. I set the stage for that. And I write this on the board. I'm already standing up. I'm at the whiteboard. I'll say every investment decision you ever make needs to run through four filters. Fees, performance, risk, and taxes. All of them are important. Unfortunately, a lot of times people give too much weight to one of those. For example, if it's if all you care about is fees, but the performance is really bad and the tax implications are really bad, was that a good decision? And they'll say, well, no, of course not. Well, if all you cared about was performance, but the fees were really high, the taxes were really high, and it was way too risky for you. They're like, oh, of course that wouldn't make sense. And so I spend time even kind of talking out, like, in what scenario is there ever a, a time where it makes sense to just use one filter? And they're like, really, never. Okay, so forever now, I want you to think about before you make any investment that all of these are important. Right. What I've done for myself as an advisor is I've taken the weight off of, hey, it's all about fees. Because I'll say, well, what if the fee was really high, but the performance was amazing? Would you pay 4% for something that doubled your money? That's an extreme example, but I've just told them, like, fees are important. They're on the list. Right. But it's not all that matters. Right. And, and I would say the exciting thing is you can then have a conversation with a client or prospect about fees that is not fees are bad, fees are bad, fees are bad. Fees mm-hmm. are part of it. And frankly, they should always be part of it. Yep. Right. But again, you look at this like, hey, there aren't a lot of fees on your CD. Right. Mm-hmm. And we go to the furthest end, like there aren't any fees with the money under your mattress. Yep. But you're losing money to inflation. Yeah. And I'll take an example, like a CD, for example, and then I'll walk through each one. I'll say yeah. fees. Does it feel good? Oh, yeah. It feels really good. Yeah. Performance. Oh, no. Yeah. You're yeah. losing money to inflation, right? Where's right. inflation now? Maybe 8%. You're making one. So you're, you're down 7%. That so doesn't no feel good. no inflation. That's right. <laughs> Just got political. Sorry. That's right. Uh, and then I'll say taxes. Well, you're not really making any money. So taxes aren't really implication. Risk. Well, you're not losing money. Oh, but with the inflation, risk, you are. Inflation. There's opportunity risk because you're not putting that money somewhere else. So I just maybe two different real life examples. I walk them through it and they're like, oh, that makes sense. I've now put that stake in the ground for them. I'm like, oh, I've never heard of that before. Thank, but, thank you for taking the time to empower me in that. I would say the other thing it does is it, and even though it's not literally going to happen, the difference between someone being on the same side of the table mm-hmm. as the client and being across the table. Right? This right. is a term we use that you know, on the other side of the table was this. That means that they're your adversary. Whether it's yep. an arm wrestling contest, a chess match, mm-hmm. it's, hey, on the other side of the table was this. That's a negotiation. Yep. A negotiation is sort of winners and losers. Yep. When you can teach a concept 
like this, like you do, mm-hmm. which you've done hundreds of times, oh, yeah. right? People are like, oh, he's on my side of the table. We're actually yeah. we're on, maybe maybe they're on your side of the table now, but, but the bottom line is you're on the both on the same side yep. and that you're able to make a decision with the same filter. And that's empowering to them mm-hmm. and also really helpful to you as an advisor mm-hmm. because you're saying, listen, let's make this decision together using the same rules. Mm-hmm. How often does that happen? Yeah. And you could even laminate that, those four words on a sheet, and you can come back and reference it. Yeah. And forever, that's the thing like, hey, oh, you want to buy a piece of real estate? Hey, let's pull our filter out. Yeah. Let's pull our filter out. Like, and all of a sudden, that was, that's a shared experience you have with them. Yeah. It's like we both agree on this. Another great one, and again, you need to have at least two of these in a meeting, especially in initial meetings, a great icebreaker, is the bucket approach. Yeah. I'll say, hey, did you know that there's actually three ways to invest money? Three different buckets you can use. Uh, maybe I've heard of it. Well, hey, let me. I'm going to show you this. I stand right. up again. I'm at the whiteboard. And virtually every advisor that's listening to this knows this, but I would submit that they are that many of you are not using it in a way that mm-hmm. that really sort of like, oh, that's good to know. But I think that if you can use it in a way that say, hey, I want to literally say these words, I want to empower you to make decisions about your finances mm-hmm. with this filter in mind, yep. and I'm going to do that as well because I'm your advisor and I have your best interest in mind. So. Yep. And one thing you just mentioned is that this could be happening in a first meeting where they don't even think you're, they're, you're their advisor yet until you start just advising them. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. You're not going through the, the, the three-legged stool of my company and you're not talking about the 80 years of history. Like You, you just started giving away value. Yeah. They're going to start receiving it. So and, imagine this. And you're all of a sudden, you are their advisor. Yeah. So I would say I'm in a, you know, I'm in a meeting as a client and Stan stands up and he says, listen, whether you work with me or not, whether you happen to trust me with your investments to manage those or not moving forward, mm-hmm. you know, it's really important, imperative, vital that you understand these buckets and, and how they need to work together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they might say, well, I've heard of them. It's like, well, do you feel like you really understand? Because this is a really important concept. Again, whether you work with me or someone else, you've, you've got to really manage these buckets. You know, it's been a long time, so yep. let's just revisit. That's what I would say. Like, yep. If it's that important, let's revisit. And I go, okay, that's really great. Now, you should be able to teach it in a way mm-hmm. that the person can go home and their teenage son says, you know, Dad, how was work? Fine, I had to leave early. I met with uh, Mr. Sten. Oh, what'd you guys talk about? Actually, tell me about this bucket thing. Mm-hmm. If you can then teach it. That's the ultimate yep. measure, by the way, friends. Yep. Is of your ability to educate is then could someone else take it and educate someone else? Yep. Right. And, and that's think, the world that concepts live in. Is that yeah. and that's they can, the world they that can, advisors live in. Yeah. And they can share ideas, travel faster, strategies, and we're getting more into the client specifics. It's like yeah. you shared some data with me. I'm going to pivot into a strategy. So let, we'll, let's move to strategies, but concepts. I challenge you go through your process. You may do this naturally already. But be a little more intentional about it and know why you're doing it. You're, you're, you're winning them over. You're giving away value. And even feel free to practice it ahead of time. Yeah. Practice your whiteboarding. You know, Make sure it makes sense when you step back and look at it. That You can jump up to a whiteboard confidently and, and, and do it over and over again. And even if you feel like this is too simple, like that's the point. But, but I would say the, the excuse that this is too simple and I don't want to waste time with it is, is like saying I don't need to understand addition because I just want to go right to algebra. You can't do it. There, it's a foundation for it. Yep. And I, I would just also submit, and if I'm wrong, folks, go to stenmorgan.com slash podcast. There's a, there's a window right there. You can enter in your comments, okay? Yep. We'll put his cell phone on the website so put you guys my, can text it, him directly. Put, put, it in there, put it in there. Call me. Call me on this. And I mean that. Literally call me on this. And that I just don't really believe that any – client that you check with and say, do you mind if I just share about how the, the four ways that you need to 
four factors you need to consider with any real financial decision. Mm-hmm. Like, do you mind if I just share those four with you right now? Because mm-hmm. I think it's important to really all of our future decisions, whether you work with me or not. Yep. Do you mind if I share those? I, and after you teach them, I doubt anyone's going to go, you just wasted my time. That's right. Like, how dare you? Yep. Like, no, they're going to say, oh, okay, yep. good. We're on the same page. And don't we all want to be on the mm-hmm. same page yep. with prospects? And you'll get better at gauging, like, do I need to run with this a little longer? Like, yeah. do they say, oh, what do you mean? Oh, what about that? They may ask you, like, okay, run this through that filter with me. Or they may be like, oh, that makes total sense. And you move on. Like, you're not sitting so there just beating it to death. That's a great point. And before we move on, let me just, to strategies, let me just say this. We're not talking about taking 20 minutes to explain those four things. That's right. Like those four things can be explained in two minutes. That's right. Because maybe you have a couple examples of them. Yep. Right. And use those extreme examples. You know, like, mm-hmm. hey, with crypto, people are like, hey, look at the, you know, growth potential. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, look, there's so few fees. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. But like risk. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, so th- those are all filters. Yep. So then we talk about strategies, and this is something that I think that our, the folks in our network do a great job of is mm-hmm. explaining strategies in a way that are really engaging mm-hmm. and uh, easy to understand, and they actually put real numbers to the strategies yep. and quantify the value of those of those strategies. That's really been a key to victory for yep. In for our community, folks. we have this running, ongoing list of the, everybody's just dumping their ideas into it, and so for when any advisors join our community and they're like, I just don't know what ideas I can use. Well, we're like, here's a hundred. Like yeah. there's no shortage of information, data strategies. Now we need to teach you how to coach to them and how to quantify them. And so strategies would be anything from uh, tax loss harvesting on an account, uh, a 1031 exchange, uh, funding a Roth instead of an IRA. And these are things you can actually put real numbers to. And when we coach advisors at our live events, for example, they'll say, well, in our first meeting, I haven't got all their information yet. It's okay to make some assumptions. Yeah. If you say, hey, I'm going to use some assumptions to illustrate the power of this idea. Yeah. You're meeting with me, Stan, and, and you say, well, what do we know about my kids? You're going to talk about my kids pretty early on. You're going to yep. figure out, I'm a dad. I love my kids. Mm-hmm. And you go, okay, how old are they? And I'm going to go, that's 14, 13, and 11. Mm-hmm. And then real quick, you're going to, okay, I know I'm going to use that one. That's right. Right. And you're going to use that, paying my kids, and then you're going to use you know, tax bracket, and you're going to use tax savings, and you're going to... That's like, boom, I got that one locked yep. in, right? Yep. And so, again, or I own a lake house, and it's like, okay, Augusta rule. I mean, you're mm-hmm. gonna, these are going to start clicking real quick. And a lot of people reach out to us, then and they're like, what's the secret strategy <laughs> right. that gets people to say yes? And a lot of times, it's not these new secret strategies. It's being able to explain strategies in such a way that people go, now I understand why that works for me. Yep. And I just I need someone to help me implement that. Our call today for the Lead Advisor Network, we had an hour-long call. And, and and we do this once a month, is I say, hey, we're going to show up and turn the Zoom on, and we have nothing. Mm-hmm. You bring your planning ideas and questions. Yeah. What, what's going on with your clients? And we had Brian, mm-hmm. uh, um, and he was on. He said, hey, here's my situation with client. Here's a, here's a strategy that I'm considering. Mm-hmm. What do you all think? And for 30 minutes, went back and forth. And it kind of got chewed up and spit out, oh, yeah. but out came something better. Nice. You know, and that's... That's what you need. You need yeah. to be revising the strategies. And the next time he comes across that one, he's going to be 10 times better. Slam dunk. Yep. Yeah. And so you need to have strategies ready to go. And that is, you know, if I have a client I'm meeting with and they like, I own real estate or I really enjoy real estate. Well, I have a strategy. I'm like, hey, have you ever heard of this before? Because early on, you, you get one first impression. Yeah. This, Your job in the first meeting is to create enough urgency and awareness that they're like, this person knows a lot of things I don't that I've never heard of before. I need to come meet with them again, not because they've identified a few small problems, but because they put numbers to this, 
even if there are assumptions, I haven't turned over my tax returns in my life story yet. This is important enough for me to come back next week. Absolutely. And I spent years when I was at Raymond James and Northwestern and all these different places as I, as I bounced around earlier in my career chasing people and trying to get them why? to stake dinners. Why, why, why was it? Why are you chasing people when you knew you could help them? And is it, is it your menu was not sufficient or? I think at that stage, and, and this is the benefit of, of the strategies and the quantifying value is that I, I wasn't convicted enough that I was adding that much more value than somebody else. Yeah. I knew, were. I knew the nine advisors that I could bump into on the street probably had almost the same stuff as me. Right. So my conviction was more of like, I want to be a successful business owner and I know I'm doing good, but I didn't quite understand how to communicate like, no, you, this is important for you. Yeah. Like to, to give off the confidence to a client of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, th- I don't think you're understanding that this is a bigger problem than you think. Sure. Sure. Therefore, we need to get back together. I spent so much time chasing clients and it'd take me a month to get a follow-up meeting, two months to get a follow-up meeting. Now, if I email the client saying, hey, can we meet next week? Almost every single time they're like, sure. Or they're like, oh, that day doesn't work, but what about this one? Right. Because this process creates urgency. And if I have a client where I meet with them and I can't create urgency, I'm not going to push them for another meeting. Yeah. So I've just eliminated like th- this feeling I used to have of like, well, why don't they see it valuable? Like, is my business good? Am I adding value? Yeah, stop to chasing. Now, stop chasing. We know exactly what we do well. If it's a great person that comes in our office, we're going to overwhelm them with value and show them that this is a, a worth their time yeah. and they're going to come back. Well, I remember Kits is talking with you about that uh, probably you know, five or six episodes ago, which is you know when you add a client, you get rid of a client, that idea. Mm-hmm. But part of that is stop chasing, stop running after, stop feeding non-ideal clients. That's right. And I think that something that's really healthy is you will determine very early and very quickly uh, can I help this person or not? Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you can't move on, cause there's other people out there that can use your help. That's right. And again, sharing these concepts and strategies with mm-hmm. people, uh, they're going to be really drawn to that. And you're going to be able to figure out really quickly if you can help them or not. And if you can't move on, or if you can mm-hmm. get them engaged and charge for that planning fee. Yep. Cause as you develop this and I'll say, you know, legacies set of superpowers we have, if used, uh, nefariously, I could get people to pay me money and not add a lot of value. Yeah. I can be convincing enough and show them enough things for them to be like, here's, here's my money. I have to, as a business owner say, yeah, but I don't want three months later to be like, well, what have we done for this person? Cause I felt that before where I've done a plan and I didn't have a great process. And I'm like, I did a bunch of stuff up front, but now I'm kind of gone dark. The client's like, Hey, I haven't heard from you. And so for us now it's, we spend just as much time in our first one or two meetings identifying, are they a good fit for us? Yeah. And are we a good fit for them? Yeah. And even if they don't know it, we'll tell them. Yeah. Because we're trying to save that time too. Absolutely. So encouragement, real practical. Uh, take those concepts. Print out that sheet that, that Sen talked about. You know, type up a document, have it laminated and say, This is this is a guiding light for us. This is mm-hmm. a this is our North Star of how we're gonna make decisions together. Make them feel like they're on your side of the table, get to the whiteboard, yep. you know, be drawing, have an engaging meeting, yep. uh, and let us know how it goes. Yeah. If you don't have any concepts in your next meeting with a client. Get on a whiteboard and use the investment filter. Just practice on that one and use it. Just make it part of every one of your your first meetings now. You'll see the difference. Well, today was definitely an actionable show. So please take what we taught you about teaching concepts and strategies and implement it right away into your meetings. And we would love to hear how it went for you. What are the concepts that you're going to start teaching? What are the strategies that you're going to start whiteboarding on a consistent basis? You can always send us feedback and ask us questions by going to stenmorgan.com slash podcast. 
And we really do appreciate the reviews you leave for the show on iTunes in the podcast app that helps other people find the show. And it's just a really nice way to give back to us and say thank you. So if you've already left a review, thank you. And if you're going to leave a review, thank you. And if you haven't left a review, please do. We really appreciate your listening. Keep up the good work.